well, I'm a yes on this. You're a maybe on spanking. Well, why? You know, it just, uh, because people don't even know what's on the menu. So what I would say to people going to the next level is get curious about sex and know that you probably don't know most of what there is to know about sex. Hi there. I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to Ceremony Wellness, where we integrate modern healing and ancient wisdom. Learn from the most impactful voices in health, wellness, and spiritual development as we guide you through the latest healing remedies and alternatives to the traditional path. I'm here to support you as you break limiting patterns, embrace your wild, and let go of the noise. It's time for us to rise together. Babe. Hey, babe. Hey. Hey, welcome to Ceremony Wellness. You're going to take over the open finally? I've been asking you to take over the open for months now. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot lot of pressure. So much pressure. Yeah. You know what brings a lot of pressure to my life? Um, (laughs) I have a feeling you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you. Talking about sex publicly and admitting things that I've never talked about before. I'm I'm not going to lie. You surprised me on this episode. I was like, I was sitting over there in my chair just thinking, oh shit, she's like going there. She's going there with it. <laughs> While I was like sweating, I had so much under boob sweat during this interview Same. and armpit sweat. And I was just like, I was hot. I was having hot flashes. I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah, it was, it's a wild one. Ooh, so we have Emily Morris on the show today. and Also known as Sex, Sex with, with Emily. Emily. So... If you don't know her, get familiar, friends. She is amazing. I have loved her for a while now. So just a little back background on how I made this happen. Okay. I randomly saw her at an event and we were rolling joints across from each other. Yeah, y'all were doing like a joint rolling tutorial. Yeah. yeah. And super cool. And I saw her and I freaked out and I was like, holy shit, I've wanted her on my show. Connor and I love her. I need to talk to her. So I... Built up the lady courage. Yeah, you were texting me the whole time. Like, I, I think was, I'm going to try and get her on the show. And I was like, okay. I you're like, go that. for it, babe. And Do I it. walked over and I was like, Emily, I'm a huge fan of yours. And blah, blah, blah. Whatever I said as I blacked out talking to someone that I idolize. And we talked and she and her assistant were so amazing. And I then mustered up the courage to ask her if she would be on the show. And right on the spot, she agreed to do it. And fucking three weeks later, here we are. Yeah, she um she likes you. She's a fan of yours. I'm so excited. It's really cute. So Emily is amazing because on her podcast and her serious XM show that she has, she talks about all things sex. But she really is here to educate, break stigmas, answer people's questions, and provide a safe place for people to come where they can explore different things. Yeah, if they're looking, if they're looking for a safe place to come, <laughs> she provides. She provides safe spaces for safe spaces. Oh, babe. For coming. Yes, she does. Um, and in this one, <laughs> this one, she does just that for us. It was really funny for yeah. me. For I came in there during this episode. <laughs> and it felt, I felt very safe and supported. <laughs> and held and then I had by to, two women. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was beautiful. I don't think anybody knew, but I knew. <laughs> you might hear, if you hear me breathing heavy on the podcast. <laughs> That's me just blowing a load in my pants. Oh my God. So it's a thing I do. So (laughs) Connor and I decided to get very into our personal experiences and what we have experienced or not really experienced with porn and masturbation and uh, connected sex and all of the things that kind of go into a relationship that people experience or maybe want to experience and are too scared to talk about, apparently. We were open to talking about it. And yeah, Emily was like now. grilling us. Yeah, which she was hit us with some so questions. Good. I wasn't expecting all the cues, but she came at it. Yeah, came at did. it hard. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this episode. If you guys want to find Emily, you can find her at Sex with Emily on Instagram. Be sure to listen to her podcast and yeah, just soak in everything she has to offer. She's a really special woman and I'm super grateful for her. Soak it in. Soak it in. You know what else people should soak in? Um, Sex toys, babe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say vitamin D, but all right. I am so I guess that works. excited about this. So we get into this a little bit on the show, but I wanted to give people a little more information about our favorite sex toy company, Plus One. Yeah. So I'm a fan. 
Yes. Some of you may have seen on my Instagram stories a while back, they sent us a shipment of toys and Connor decided that it was Christmas. I turned them all on. (laughs) He he unboxed them before I could even like open anything up. I was very excited. Turned them all on and he put them on the island counter and made them dance. It was like Mexican jumping beans, (laughs) but it was just toys. It was so good. It was great. But we have fallen in love with this company the one that we use and love the most is the personal massager. It's so good. That's the one with the little like uh, round ball at the end. Okay, great. Yeah. That one is amazing. I'm a fan of that one. Um, we also, the night that we got this shipment, we decided to like do all the things. So we also used the vibrating <laughs> ring, which we were both very into this like new sensation that we felt together. Yeah, it was which cool. It was really cool. Yeah, it was yeah. funny because we were trying to figure out which side goes up, which side goes down. But I don't think there's a wrong <laughs> side. I think they're just both different experiences. Yeah, one just uh, provides a little more friction on your clit. Yeah. So if you're into yeah. that, go for it. Um, and I think that the other thing that I love about Plus One is that sex toys can be really fucking expensive. And then there's that barrier to entry where people feel like they can't afford it. And pleasure is for everyone. And that's what Plus One understands. And I personally love that because I'm constantly telling people um, now because I have really kind of stepped into my sexuality is masturbation and self-pleasure and doing different things with your partner can be really fun. But it's hard to find really quality sex toys that are non-toxic, which Plus One is. All of their stuff is non-toxic, no BPA, no latex, no phthalates. So important to me and all of our it's listeners. very on brand for you. So on brand, you guys. But to find something that's affordable. And yeah. I love that about them. I wish Britney Spears would sing a song called Non-Toxic. <laughs> Don't you know it's non-toxic? Yeah. Anyways, they're great. And I think that's cool. The thing about it is too, because you don't really want like <laughs> one sex toy because there's not like a one size fits all thing. You should thing. have you 12 have a, like us. Well, I don't know about that, but you could have, you know, you want one for like you, you and your partner and then one for like alone time. Yeah. Hey. I, I have. <laughs> self By the way, back to Emily, you walk into her uh, studio and she has an entire closet of sex toys. Yeah. She's like, you want a toy? And we're like, yeah, sure. You're like, yes. Sign me up. So, so excited to share Plus One with you. You can go to myplusone.com. And if you're in LA, they sell them in Target. Hello, so easy. But you can just put in your zip code and figure out where they sell them and get one. I highly recommend them. They are so amazing. And we're so excited to be partnered with them for all of this. Boom. Last thing, Ceremony Wellness Live is coming up, babe. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Are you ready? I'm not ready for like if it was tomorrow, I would not be I'd be unprepared. You would definitely be ready. So we have <laughs> but two, I'm ready for it now. Yes. two panels that Connor and I are doing ourselves, which we can now release all the information because I finally named them. It feels good to release. <laughs> <laughs> our dear friend, Kat Tremarco, who is on both of our shows. Yes. She is so amazing. She specializes in erotic blueprint and is a sex coach and a dating coach and a life coach, and we love her. We are doing a panel with her called Sexy Time. Yes, we are. Which I'm pretty stoked about. And we're going to talk about all these things that we talk about with Emily and we'll do it in person and that will be really fun. And then you and I are doing The Naked Truth. That clothing optional. Yes. So at the the end of Ceremony Wellness Live, everyone will be naked. No, we are not. We're not doing that. That's a joke. Definitely not. Please keep your clothes on. Please keep your clothes on. But we will be talking about conscious relationships and how we sort of worked through things over the last six months of our budding relationship romance uh, and all the things that we've learned and whatever else the fuck we want to talk about that day. Yeah, it'll just be, yeah, it's going to be pretty free form. It will. And it'll be at the end of the day too. So, you know, we're going to just be like... A zombie. Yeah, we're just going to be like, whatever, whatever go, whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. Me too. So I am giving out a discount code now because it's time. So it's time for that. if you go to kellytenant.com slash live, use the code live for a discount. And I want to see you there. We only have limited amount of tickets left because it is an intimate event and you can't have everyone and your grandma come. So if you want to come... Get your tickets now because we're about six weeks away and this shit is almost sold out. It's 150 people, right? Yep. That's funny. That's Dunbar's number. Do you know that? It's who? Do you know what Dunbar's number is? No. It's like the number of people that you can actually uh, keep tabs on and know. Oh my gosh. So when and in like uh, ancestral psychology and, and the way that nomadic people worked, once a tribe got over 150 people, it would usually split off into factions. So if you think about it, you really only can know 150 people. So it's a good, it's a good, it's a good number. It's like I intuitively knew that. I guess so. I am keeping tabs on all y'all. Yeah. 
And you know what? Cool do you notice about, I say y'all a lot now because of you? Yeah, well, you're welcome because it's one of the coolest words. Hella and y'all are two of the coolest words ever. Hella, no, only in NorCal people say hella. No, but Texas, Don't bring that into Texas my home. people say it now. Texas, I'm, listen, I've been saying hella since the first time I went to NorCal like 10 years ago. I knew you weren't that cool. I know, I'm not that cool. Everybody thinks I am, but they're just like, it's funny. It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> so that being said, to go there. this show with Emily is freaking amazing. We can't wait to hear what you think. Please send us your thoughts because I will be sweating as this is released. Just thinking about this yeah. in your ears. Thank you for being with us. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Emily, we're huge fans of yours. Thank you so much for having us. Mm. This is so fun. Connor and I are really excited. Yeah, this is going to be pretty rad. Oh yeah. my God, you guys. I'm so honored. Thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> well, I, I think you're fans. Yeah, and I, I think for me, especially being a woman and hearing you talk about the things you do, I think one of the, the things that I've learned so much is, is it's okay to talk about these taboo topics that I grew up so scared of. And he's been talking about it a little bit longer than I have, and this is still new for me. So having permission to have these conversations yeah. is so huge. And I think that's what you really bring to people. Yeah. It's true. Make uh, it less taboo. Why mm-hmm. Why are we all so afraid to talk about sex? Like, I, I think it's so problem. funny when we look at this whole thing. It's like, what makes the difference between somebody who's like, yeah, I'll jump on a podcast and talk to thousands of people about the first time I had anal. And then <laughs> in, within a, the context of dating or in personal relationships and personal communities, you, you can't even have, even broach the topic at all. Right, it's, exactly. It's, there's this huge... We this, don't know how to. Yeah. And it's a, it's a skill set at the end of the day. Right. But even doing this and putting this out there and blasting this to the world... I still have a hard time in, yeah. in more of an intimate relationship than I do on the podcast. I'll say shit on the podcast and then I won't be able to like kind of bring it up in personal, in a personal yeah. relationship. It's so, it's so yeah, interesting. I get it. It is interesting. No, I've gone through that whole journey. So you've been doing this for 14 years. Mm-hmm. That's, Podcasting. that's, I didn't even know podcasts were a thing 14 <laughs> exactly. years ago. No. They weren't. It was like the first month of podcasting. It was like June, 2005. Posted, yeah. I just hired a guy on Craigslist and said, I've heard about podcasting. You come over to my house and bring your sound stuff, sound gear. And then I I had an idea about sex. I thought, you know, I'd always been fascinated by sex and I thought it should be a lot better than it was. I was like, my sex life is okay, not great. Like, how, what does great sex mean? And I was always asking friends that. I'm like, what, what is your amazing sex? Because when someone was like, oh, I had great sex, I was like, back up. <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, like, break this down. Was his penis double jointed? Did you have 18 <laughs> orgasms? Were you swinging from the rafters? What happened? Like what? And they were just always like, oh, it means this and that. I would just find out. And then also relationships, like what makes them sustainable? If 50% of marriage is in a divorce, like why are we, how, why should I want to get married? So really it was a matter of me trying to learn. And I invited a bunch of people over one day. It was like 2005 and interviewed them about their sex life and relationship at my kitchen table. And that's what happened. And I loved wow. it. Wow. What did you find during that time? I'm just curious what the common theme was of what people were saying made great sex. Um, The theme then I think was just, it's a lot of it what it is now. It's connection. It's spontaneity. It's always people's story about like the best time they had sex typically has to do with it being like um, something new and novel. If they're in a relationship, like we didn't know it was going to happen and it was really exciting or it was the first time, you know, or it was um, outdoors or there's always some like element of like, um, not necessarily what you'd think. Like I had so many orgasms. It was more about the environment and the experience and where it fit with their other things. So, because what we crave in long-term relationships typically is novelty, mm-hmm. variety, spontaneity. So yeah. it's been interesting that that's sort of the common theme. Well, I think that's interesting. Connor talks about this a lot, this this idea of novelty, which I never knew anything about before and I never had a discussion with a partner about that before. And I feel like Almost every day I'm saying to him, oh, well, that's new. I've never done that. And it's so fun for like me. sexually? Yes. I was like, give me an example. What happened today? Well, um, nothing today. <laughs> okay, it's only 12. Something we wanted to talk to you about, and this is one of those things, is anal. Like, yeah. I had never really played with that. And right. I actually really love it. And I, I'm sweating saying this on a podcast. <laughs> yes. It's fine. Um, but that's something that we've done. And he kind of brought in. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I love that so much. Right. And it's a surprise. And you're right. It's nothing How crazy. Would you know? right. But it's something fun and different. And it opens up so much for our relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it was really funny how that, all, how that all went down from my perspective. Because it was times where it was like, I'd be going down on you. And then, you know, there's like a finger or just okay. a little bit. And it's like, it seemed like you just enjoyed it more and more. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep, you know, right. running down this rabbit hole, literally. Until, <laughs> until I figure out like where the, where the, where it, it stops being pleasurable for you. Right. 
and it just didn't really ever right. stop. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so you're saying during the, just all kind of anal stuff feels good. Figures, penis. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And like, we, I mean, I would say we kind of, we do it as much as we have vaginal sex. At, at this, this point, point, it's like 50, 50. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. So is it, are you having more, are you having orgasms through that? So I would say that I come easier right. from um, anal, whether it's a finger or penis, whatever it is. I think that stimulation is, it makes it bigger and faster for me. Yeah. Amazing. Cause yeah. it's like indirect G-spot stimulation. Right. So. And clitoral nerves mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, because I can't, I've never, we're not saying I can't because yeah. we're manifesting yeah, exactly. this. exactly. But I've never come just from penetrative sex. Right. Okay. So I feel like that adds a different element. Yeah, definitely. But this, but through anal you can. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll get there. But just know also that only 20% of women do. And a lot of it has to do with anatomy. It has mm-hmm. to do how close your, your clitoris is to your vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. The closer it is, those women are more likely to orgasm than not. Like that's what I believe it is. But also, there's ways you could. I, I believe that there is an orgasm during there's, penetration there's, in your future. There's ways. There I'm is. I'm rooting for it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, and the when it comes to novelty, I think the one thing I had to kind of reframe about this because it is kind of it's a bummer in a way where it's like you can't or not that you can't, but that where you're not having orgasms from just penetrative sex alone. That's also that's rad when that happens. But for me, I'm like, well, how can I reframe this and say, well, this is a this is an opportunity for me to experience novelty and work some things in, yeah. whether it be toys or just a different style or just being with you when you're getting yourself off. Super fun. Yeah. Super fun. It was different, but I can't say it's any better or worse. It's just it's a different experience entirely. But I didn't let one thing I'm really grateful of going into this relationship was I didn't really let my ego or the need to like, oh, if I can't, if I can't, if she can't have an orgasm from just my dick then right. I'm less of a man or anything it. like that. It yeah. was like, okay, well, can I sit here and just be with her while she's rubbing one out right. and have a good time with that and be just excited about that by itself after I've, I've already come or before right. I do. And how do you stay present? How, so how did you learn that process? How did you get into that? Uh, well, I did that. I mean, it was a previous relationship where I did that for the first time where like my girlfriend was, you know, like it was, it was just her time. And she, it was just nice sometimes to just mm-hmm. like, I wasn't even involved at all. It's like, I wasn't going to get off. Right. It wasn't even the goal. It was like all about her. And so I kind of learned to do that a little bit. But with Kelly, it was, it became more, more important. It was like, it was a, a more substantial part of our sex right. life. So it took some trial and error because if I would come first, yeah. I was like kind of zonked. It was like, I kind of yeah. like work myself back up and like get myself yeah. back hyped up to be involved in this because at the end of the day, I just kind of want to go to sleep. Right, exactly. So I'm having to That's get back happens. in here. And, it's like, men, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. no, 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 you will not. You will not be closing Engage. those eyes. Engage. Roll back over, buddy. So the, thing, the thing is with me, I've got to like, I can't give, I can't, I know personally, like I can't have a lull. Like there can't be a lull between right. like, me, you, me coming and like you getting into your thing. We can't have this like no. break in between, or else I'm like, gonna she lose. She gets up and goes to the bathroom. It's over. Yeah, oh, exactly. I get it. I get like, it. Even last, even last night, it was like I came and I was. She was like, you asked if you want if you if, if I wanted you to get off of me, and I was like, no, stay right there and just keep going yeah. because I don't need any like just stay, just keep keep going right. where we're going. It sounds like it's um, like really good communication too. Oh, it's so great. And the thing is that's so cool is that like I feel what you just said is so important to drive home to your listeners is that. Is that I, well? Because one of my goals, I have many of them, but is that I that to, for people really to understand that we have been sort of brainwashed by society, not in like a purpose. Not when I was like, oh, we're just going to show that penis and vagina sex is the only way, but truly, all we ever see is like men and women, like they have fallen to bed, and it's the, that's the ultimate way to have sex is if the penis goes in the vagina, that's all that counts. And if you have to use a toy or a finger, then otherwise, it's not. It doesn't count as an orgasm. And the holy grail is she just comes to my penis. And and the thing is to 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 think about sex as not being so linear. Like here's our foreplay, then here's our sex, and here's where I fall asleep. That that it could be all these other things that go into sex. Is that like maybe foreplay is the whole event, and like that's okay too. And that's really a mindset change. So that's why I was asking like how you came to it. It sounds like you're with someone that you really care about, and she's beautiful. And seeing her go through that, you can really buy in because. Some men could be like, oh, what, what's the point? I wasn't my dick. I feel bad. And, you know. You know, one of the things that actually really helped me a ton. So I came from like a kind of a closed-minded, like Christian background, right? right. Where I was, there was a lot of sex shame. And, and of course, I resented that for most of my 20s. But then I looked back at it and I dated a girl in high school. She was a little younger than I was for about four years. And we had sex like towards the end of our relationship, but none until that. So it was just all, you know, which we would consider foreplay. So I just got really, I started to have a good time or when I was like 17 or 16, just 
getting my girlfriend off in whatever way that I could because we couldn't have sex. We were like, sex was off the table, but everything else had kind of become an option. So it was my early sexual experiences were mostly, I mean, I lost my virginity and then I dated this person, were mostly oral sex, fingering, you know, just doing different things and and exploring that. So that was a majority of my sexual experience up until I was like 23. Okay. So it's, wow. now it, it is, I'm grateful for that now. Of course, I like, it was like, like I said, I was really frustrated about it for a while. Of course, but, but looking now, back now you realize like, oh, what was... great training. I wish that I really would love so many men to just have that. We're talking about like heterosexual relationships. Or if men could just have that training and know that you actually can receive pleasure from giving pleasure to a woman in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just so something fun. that's just so foreign to men, many of them. I'm curious how you broach the topic of women touching themselves and self-pleasuring, whether they're alone or with a partner, yeah. and how to sort of get over that hump, because I literally just got over that hump oh, in the last year. Oh, really? Of masturbating? Yeah. And well, and doing it in front of someone. Oh, mutual I masturbation. I would touch myself, but I'm like, oh my God, I can't like lay there and touch myself while he watches me. That's like horrendous. Right. And now I love it. So, But you can tell, well, okay. And I'm, I, you're saying, how do I talk about it? Yeah. I, I always encourage my listeners for, for a lot of different things, mutual masturbation, is a really great tool for couples for so many reasons. Like, for example, um, maybe you're newly together and you don't know how your partner gets off. So it's like the sexiest show and tell because you're both lying there. Like, first of all, it's a sure thing. You know you're going to get off. And then to see your partner watch them, like, oh, I didn't know. I remember the first time I did, I was like, oh. So he puts his hands up and over the tip of his penis. Okay, so I'll do that next time. I'm holding him, I'm sucking. He likes that. And this guy holds his balls. And so you just know, like, that's, and that's hot. And I'm learning. So when I'm doing it, I'm going to be fumbling around. I'm like, hand on balls. And so that's the same thing goes for watching, right? So it's it's just great. Now, it's great for couples too who like feel like they sex has become um, challenging for them in some way. Intercourse, I'm like, okay, take sex off the table and then just do like touching each other, mutual masturbation. But so I, I often prescribe it to couples and like it's because it's exploratory and hot. But this part of it of being like, I've never had anyone in front of me. I really just think it's being with someone that you actually trust, that you love and you care about. And then like letting him know, I think just calling it out and saying, this is really awkward for me. Like in that moment being like, I'm not sure. And then, I mean, I'm sure you were like, it's okay. Or I'll let me look at it, you yeah. for a minute. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it was just about her for a minute. And then you started. And, and then yeah. what ha- I want to hear, because it's really, it's like pulling a bandaid off. I don't like trust, breathe deep. Know that like, it doesn't matter what your O face looks like. Mm-hmm. And people was like, well, what do I have to make it look sexy? It's like, I think the hottest thing for men, what I found is a woman who's truly in her ecstasy and doesn't give a fuck. Yes, completely. I think the first time it happened, I, well, I think I was just on top of you mm-hmm. the first time I touched myself while we were having sex. Um, and so that was hot. And I enjoyed watching him watch me. I was like, oh, he's turned on. Yes. And that makes me more turned on. The first time that I ever, I think I, we had talked because I haven't had an orgasm from penetrative sex. So I was getting a little frustrated because I wasn't coming as much as I wanted. And so we had a conversation outside of the bedroom where he said, you know, really, um, what, did, what did you say? I always forget. I said take you, need, you need to take ownership of take your own ownership yes. of your own orgasms. And I was like, huh, what does that mean? And then I did. And I laid next to him after he came one night and I just started touching myself and he was touching me and it was like very connected and, and sensual and beautiful right. and intimate. And I was like, this is so hot because I know that I am fully present in my body and taking care of myself. And he's also taking care of me. And I feel a sense of power and strength in that. Yeah. And it was so different. And so it, it's not awkward anymore. Right. Cause like you, you kind of just get over you that. Just hump. get over that. Hump. Yeah. yeah. And he made it really loving, by also touching you. Like that's the thing. You could be a part yeah. of it. You didn't have to like you could still be laying down and kind of tired after a orgasm. Yeah. And you can still be like, he's got like her. half an eye exactly. open Dude, and one I've hand touching my stomach. I'm like, I, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, I get it. I've done that. I'm like, no, babe, I still need your hand here. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm doing the best. You but can I'm, hear also, your phone I'm also. I'll yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> kill you. He's on Instagram. He's on Instagram. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking about it is in that moment, it's it's not about me, right? right? It's about you. So it's like, what I'm thinking about is how can I add to your experience while you still being focused on yourself? Because that's what's sexy to me anyways, mm-hmm. is that you're able to be focused on yourself. And mm-hmm. and like I said, taking ownership of your orgasm. And that may, that may even mean, let me know. Like, let me know what you need. Because I'm willing to do right. it. But if you give me the option to like doze off, right. I yeah. might be dozing off. Right, you know? exactly. Well, how great that you guys, you sounds like you guys are just a healthy communication. And the other thing I want to say, which is so to, to highlight this part is that when you said that the first time you were on top of, of Connor and you were able to like touch him and stuff, you were like, oh, I, you finally got that moment where he was getting off on you. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a key thing to take home, like for your listeners too, that like, that to, to 
And it's this reciprocal, it's the energy, it's this it's exchange of energy, like that there, once you are with a partner who's really invested in your pleasure, mm-hmm. like you were, like, I think for a lot of women who feel shame or we were grown up, we were taught like women, if you touch your, like for all these messages, like maybe it's, we might not even know what the messages are, but maybe it's like, if I show him that I touch myself, he's going to think I'm slutty or he's going to think I not, you know, yeah. that I know too much or that it's, he's not doing enough for me. Like mm-hmm. women worry about it, but just to see like, no, it's actually really sexy. If you're with the right partner and you feel safe to touch yourself is hot. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, that's encouraging. So. Well, and that takes me and there's in, like a moment in there. Totally. And that takes me into to introducing toys into the bedroom too, because I think that's something that I experienced in past relationships where I would want to like use a vibrator with a partner or do something and they would feel like they're not doing enough and it would take away from their manliness yes. and their ability to make me orgasm like crazy. And so I just never was able to do that and right. never use that with a partner. And so that's something that we've introduced and we really enjoy. And I think that we've done a good job of being exploratory with it, but I think we're a lot more open than many couples are. When it comes to using toys and introducing that into your partnership, how do you think the best way is to go about that or tips you have? It depends. Yeah. I do have tips for that because it's really tricky because there are a lot of um, men, most of here that are threatened by toys in the sense of it's not, you know, the penis should be the end all be all. And they often are picturing them as these like huge phallic things. And they're like going to take over and it's going to be bigger than they are. Like they have the worst case scenario in their head. Here comes the deal though. She needs six men to carry it in the room. It's like, they're like, it's like a battering ram little, for a pussy. Like, yeah. Like most vibrators like, it's a what? Yeah. It's like a battering ram. I don't know what that is. You know, like when they knock knock down the doors. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually they're like little eggs, right? They're like the smaller than your iPhone. But yeah, we have these images. And then it's also like, well, well, somehow I didn't please her. So really it's about education and like letting your partner know that this is something that's going to be additive to our sex life, I think, for both of us. And also not just springing it upon them. I think that even no matter how comfortable you are, if you're like, well, I use this vibrator all the time. Let me just whip it out mid-sex. If you haven't had that conversation with your partner, I think you have to, again, like mm-hmm. all the sex conversations outside the bedroom, talking about things you want to try or that you're into. Like, hey, babe, we've been together a while. Like, let's talk about like, what are some of your fantasies? I have that. It's like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to use toys. You know, if I'm talking to him, hey, have you ever done that? He's like, oh, we don't need toys. I'm like, well, actually, I have this really cool new one you might like. I can't get away <laughs> with that anymore because if they listen to my show for five minutes, they yeah. know that my entire house is sex toys. But, but sorry about that. So I was like, oh, cool shoes. So Thank they're so cool. It's so sexy. You. Thank yeah, you. Sexy I wore them looks. for you, darling. You did? Oh, my God. So sexy. Um, so she's like, um, so I, yeah, I think it's just a matter of them getting familiar with it and then showing that, like, no, this is actually, like, going to help both of us. And also it's not an inferior orgasm. I mean, if you think about it, like there's, there's so many different paths to pleasure and an orgasm that comes with a toy or a finger or just using lube is not an inferior orgasm. So I really think it's a matter of showing them it, talking about it, talking about it, and maybe using something that's for couples too, like one of those at a cock ring and, and then showing that vibrations aren't just for women. Like they can feel great for men too. So I think it's a conversation about how you want to share this thing. And it's, it actually can really enhance intimacies for a couple mm-hmm. intimacy. So in these 14 years that I've had this conversation with so many people, like calling in or emails, like no one's ever said to me, it, it was bad. Everyone's like, oh my God, we love toys. Yeah. So I feel like I know what I'm this year, I'm very confident that if you haven't tried it yet and you have the right conversation, it will enhance your sex life. Remember oh. the day we got the plus one shipment and it was like, <laughs> it was like, dildo, something for your ass. I'm still not sure what that's for. A vibrating <laughs> cock ring, something. Bo- and we, we were like, let's do all of them at once. <laughs> yeah, like I, love it. I don't think there was like seminar sheets for like three days after that. I don't nope. think I tracked them all yeah. back down. Do you that's want to hilarious. tell people about your vibrating cock ring experience? Yes. Um... I thought it was Did okay. Like it? I, like, I, I like other things more. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. But there was the one, the anal one was really, really fun because mm-hmm. it was just, it was made for that. So it was like, I was in, it was made for anal play. So it was, it was, it fit my hand the right way. It was like shaped in the right direction where it wasn't cumbersome at all. And that, I love that. For you or that. for, to put in Kelly? It was for her. Oh, right. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But I was, I was in control of the, of yeah, the magic wand at the time. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was, that thing was so rad. And, it, and I could feel, so what was cool is that it vibrated and I could feel it. So it was it was it was in her in your ass right. and I could feel it through and I yeah. was inside of you which was so cool. That is so loved that it. is hot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is when I think when you're having connected sex if you're really present with your partner which is a, I feel like a big problem I had through my 20s especially is that I wasn't really present I was like trying to perform and I was in my head when they have a really mind-blowing incredible orgasm even if you don't come 
you feel more of that. The more present and connected right. you are during that experience, and I think toys play a big part of that because mm-hmm. it's such a novel orgasm. It's a different orgasm for both people. It feels really, really fucking yeah. good. Yeah, it can only, and you can only, like your penis will never vibrate. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, it can't do that. Yeah. It's just an ad- additive. Like, vibrations feel great on a lot of our body parts that are like dense with nerve endings, like chock full, like mm-hmm. anywhere, like even the the opening of the anus and you know our necks, our thigh. I mean, just there's so many places that we don't that vibrators can take you. Yeah, yeah they're so fun. How did you? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did you, because I think it's really common. I, I feel like so many men, in the, and you reference your 20s a lot. Yeah. And now that I've listened to your podcast, I'm yeah. like, oh, he's, <laughs> so it sounds like, and like, and the great news is that you're in your 30s and you figured it out because there's a lot of men, I'm telling you, like even into their 40s who never do that journey of understanding about connected sex or being present or how did you get there? So for me, like I said, I came from like the Christian background. So there was a lot of sex shame. And then I, even after I walked away from Christianity, like, Hard stop. Like, hey, I'm done with this. And I was probably 21 or 22. When it was funny because the people that I'd been like involved with were doing some pretty fucked up things. Like there was some sexual assault. Right. And that was kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's right. back. I was ready to be done with that. But then I carried that shame with me for the next five or six years yeah. and didn't it, it took a, a new a number of people and novel experiences and kind of challenging myself to get outside of my comfort zone and to be around people who would say things. Like I used to always put my boxers back on right after sex. Right. And I had someone that I was sleeping with that was like, you under- you realize that you do that, right? And I had never even noticed. It was almost subconscious yeah. at that point. And I was like, oh yeah, that's because I'm like ashamed to be naked. Right. So it was like little things like that that happened over the course of five, six, seven, eight years and being around people that were extremely sex positive mm-hmm. to the point where I felt like I was almost like anti, I think the right. opposite of sex shamed. Like I was shamed for not being sexual right. enough. Right. So I was like kind of pushed my boundaries mm-hmm. a lot there. And being with people that would talk about it openly helped a ton. Right. A ton. And then reading like Sex at Dawn by um, mm. Chris Ryan yeah, and, and The Ethical Slut and these mm-hmm. uh, A Billion Wicked Thoughts, all these books that just helped me start to understand that I wasn't broken or weird or gross yeah. and the desires that I had were natural and I had been conditioned to shame myself for them right. for so much of my life. So why not start to find partners that were open to exploring different things? And that brought something out of me that weren't the same type of person I've always been dating. And so many of my clients do that. They just right. date the same type of person with a different name. Yeah. And so you get very little novelty out of that because they generally have the same boundaries, the same experience, and right. they're just doing the same. It's a Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. And and for me, I was really lucky that I didn't get into a, a, a you know a long-term relationship. That was, I wasn't married in my early 20s. I didn't mm-hmm. have kids. I didn't do all of that. So I was able to go create some experiences outside of myself and be around couples that I really admired. Right, that's a and big one that too. that was nice and have these kind of candid conversations with them. Super, super yeah, fun. that's good. I just like, I love hearing about men who have gone that that, mm-hmm. that path because, yeah. yeah. Well, I think too for him, and this is something that we experienced together is a sense of safety in the relationship where if you try something new, I pretty much say yes every time. Like there's not a time where I'm like, absolutely not, or that was weird, or why'd you do that? I'm very open to what he wants to do. And so I think he's been able to be more present in his body because there's not a fear of judgment. And there's a feeling of safety in our relationship and knowing that he can truly show up as himself and um, be present in his body. And so he's not in his head as much thinking. At least I feel like that's what we've talked about. And then how did you know, Kelly, from your past, is this a very different type of relationship for you to be this present with someone and connected? Very much. I've (laughs) never felt like this before. I tell this story all the time, but the first like six weeks, that we were talking, my whole body was vibrating. It was the weirdest thing. Without a vibrator. Yes. Without a, I did it wasn't in your ass still. Yeah. Okay. And it was, it was like this activation of my whole being. And I felt so connected to him. And I think that he, I mean, he flipped my world upside down, but so much of that was the connectedness and the openness and the spiritual connection that we had. And I mean, even the other night we were having sex and he just like put his hand on my chest and I was like, where, where did that come from? Mm. But I felt so much of his energy in me. And I thought that was so beautiful that he would even think to yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. It's really loving. I love you guys. It's adorable. <laughs> I love you. this journey. So yeah. when, it, when, you, when it comes to people that are realizing that there's more potential for their sex life, you know, and that wherever that phase of life that happens. But I feel like for a lot of people that I work with, it's like in their early 30s and kind of where I'm at, which maybe that's because that's where I'm at. Um, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for growth and expansion and, and oh. ex- exploration? I mean, I think that growth, whenever you're actually listening to this, I think it's time to grow wherever you are on your path. 
And I think the first thing is a lot of this stuff comes from our own self-examination. So letting go, if you examine your limiting beliefs around sex, like if it's body shame, body image, if it's shame around sex, maybe you did kind of, there's some religious upbringing, identify the patterns that are holding you back. Whatever it is, if it's like shame, if it's stuff from, if you had some kind of trauma, like kind of dealing with all of that stuff is really important. And just knowing where you're at, like knowing, like I, like you said, like growing up with some stuff that doesn't serve me anymore and kind of really face on handling that stuff. And then also like, just because then I think if you have had trauma, you have to go to therapy. EMDR therapy is super, super helpful for that. It's um, especially in the last few years. I mean, it's been around now for like maybe 30 years, but it's really the most amazing therapy for that because you don't have to go forever and keep talking about it. it actually can rewire your brain around trauma. I think also masturbation is huge. Like I'm telling you, like whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship, it is the key. It not only is it going to make you feel better, it's going to boost your mood. It's going to boost your health. It's going to, but it's also going to give you that confidence. So if you don't have a lot of like sexual confidence, you're not sure what you want, or you're not, you don't feel great about your body, like masturbate and then do it in front of a mirror. And like, look how hot you are. Especially women have shown that like women looking in the mirror during sex is a really hot, like can really help them get in the mood and feel good about their body and have more confidence and acceptance. So I think that's the work on your own is continuing to like explore your boundaries. Like, yes, we can all hit it and quit it, but what could you do? Like, have you tried a butt plug when you're masturbating? Have you teased yourself? Have you set the atmosphere in your home so you could really like, you know, seduce yourself? So to me, that's where you could go. And then with a partner, just having these really honest conversations. Like, I love the idea of couples having like a sex plan, you know, like what is your sex plan for your relationship? Like we do it in so many other ways, but like, what do we both want to try? If it's that first conversation where you're like, where should we go from here? You know, I have, there's different tools. Like I have like a yes, no, maybe list on my site that people can download. And there's like a hundred sex acts. And you could be like, you each fill it out. Like, yes, no, maybe. Okay. Where are yeses? Oh, I'm a yes on this. You're maybe on spanking. Well, why? You know, it just, uh, because people don't even know what's on the menu. So what I would say to people going to the next level is get curious about sex and know that you probably don't know most of what there is to know about sex. And I still am learning all the time, right? Like I'm, my body's always changing and what I want. And I've been in this for a long time. So what I'm saying is like anything's possible. And that most of the things that are holding us back, the good news is our mind. It's not some physical, it's our body. It's not something wrong with us. It's not like an ailment or a disease. It's the, the, you know, the disease of the mind that's telling us we can't, or I can only have one orgasm. I always say like so many women, they're like, oh no, it hurts too much. I'm like, well, breathe a little bit and go back to your second one and your <laughs> yeah. third. Like it's totally possible. So I just think to know that you, that any, that your pleasure um, is limitless and birth, you know, pleasure is our birthright, birthright and to keep sort of exploring, asking questions and being curious. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny to note that there's so, there's, there's things out there for anybody listening to this. There's things out there that you would really fucking enjoy that you don't know exist. Yes. Right. That's a thing. If you, if you just keep that little mantra, like there's things that I would really love that I don't know exist yet. Right. So it, that kind of instills a curiosity around your own sexuality that I think is extremely empowering and Absolutely. really fun. And then the other thing, exactly, that there's so much and it's limitless, but I think people don't often know what's on the menu. So what I love what you said, Kelly, was that whenever Connor says to you, like, let's try something, you're like, okay, like, tell me more. Because what happens is, and again, I'm talking to people every single day, they call in and they're like, I told my wife that I wanted to try something and she was like, absolutely not. And like left the room. And it's like, well, it's probably the way you said it. Mm-hmm. If you've been together 20 years, you guys have been together six months, but if you've been with someone for a while and then all of a sudden you're like, we should try anal. Your wife's going to be thinking, you never brought this up before. Are you watching too much porn? Like our brains go to, you have to be careful that how you have these conversations. So you start with more of like a, let's just talk about being great lovers to each other. What would that look like? I understand that we've never done that before. And then also if you find yourself, even if you are that wife and you're like, yeah, he brought up anal to be like, kind of get curious and go, okay, I know that I'm having a reaction right now, but let me find out more about it and why he wants to do it. Cause I think our quick, for most people who aren't in the space that we are in kind of more, mm-hmm. we've done work around this is to just kind of take a deep breath, listen again, and not be so, I think we're really, many couples are very just afraid when their partner brings up these chats. Yeah. So, Well, and I love the point that you make about the limiting beliefs. We all have them in right. some way, shape or form. And I think for me, and we've talked a lot about this, is the idea of the Madonna horror complex. And I kept seeing myself as like the very put together, motherly, you know, wife, that whole thing. And so I would never try anything or do anything risque or wear lingerie or be right. fun or be quote unquote, slutty with my partner. And 
that was a limiting belief I had. And I think that's something where he's helped me kind of work myself out of that box and the way I viewed myself in that I can be playful and fun and motherly yeah. and wife-like and all of that. Take care of the home and also like have anal sex. Exactly. That's okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think as women, especially, we really put ourselves, not even men on us, but we put ourselves in these boxes and it's like, well, I can't step out of that at all because that is my identity. Right. And that is, and it's a truism that if I am become, you know, if I do show him my, you know, my, my whorish side, um, that he's going to leave me. I'm not wife material because of something that I learned growing up. And then you have to go, oh, wait, that's no longer what it is. So you had a partner that helped Mm-hmm. You come out of that. But I think that is really, really common that that women are just like, it's wrong for me to ask for what I want. It's wrong for me to be sexual with this person. Or at least I have to, there's also, I see the Madonna whore thing happening when people have to wait early on, like in a relationship. Like women are like, I can't show him who I am yet. I have to wait three months. I have to do all the, act like I'm a totally different kind of person or to show what I want is going to make me slutty. I mean, I think a lot of people listening are going to like, ding, ding, ding. But yeah, they're going to yeah. go, yeah, that's me because it is prevalent. I hear this every day. It's all well, ages of women too. It's so funny for guys to think, look at this and, and know that you do treat women differently if you think you're going to be in a relationship with them and if you're not sexually. Okay, so tell me about that. No, I mean, the, the, the thing about it is like you don't want to, you know, slap the mother of your children in the face with your dick. Right. Like it's just something about that. Not that's the that, first date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you don't want to, it's, it feels degrading to have kind of that that style of sex with someone that you want to be in a relationship with because you don't want to show them that part of you. Exactly. You don't want them to think that you've done that before or that you're that kind of guy or they're going to judge you for it or you're going to feel ashamed of yourself because at the end of the day, that's what you want and need and maybe yeah. that's what you've gotten from porn or your own, own experiences. But it feels like you you hold back and then right. that becomes the normal. And then 20 years later, you have to throw a curveball at somebody and ask for something. And they, of course, they feel caught off guard because, for 20 years. because you've been sitting on it this whole time and didn't. That's why we talked about novelty from the jump. Like novelty was one of our early conversations just to plant the seed that things will change and evolve as we change and evolve. Yeah. And that's how it, that's a great place to start. But a lot of people don't get that opportunity and they've put it in the closet for exactly, 20 years. Exactly. Because we, and you said it so correctly that we are so afraid of being judged that the reason why we have so many sexual problems is because we feel bad about it ourselves. Like you're like, I can't believe I want to do this thing with my dick in someone's face. So I feel bad. And then if I feel bad about it, even at a subconscious level, then she's going to judge me for sure because it's a hateful thing that I, yeah. and then we just repress, repress, we hold it, we hold it back and then it comes out and I want to have extreme anal and then people are upset. <laughs> so yeah, I just think early on knowing, like I always say to people, have this conversation about sex when you're like, right away, when it comes up, like there, I don't think it's ever too soon to be like, so how'd you feel about that? Mm-hmm. How did it go? What do you think? Because, like a play-by-play in a fun way, like the next morning even, or that night, because then sex becomes fun. Sex can actually be fun. That's something that you're working on together. Yeah. Like, you know, like maybe you guys take a cooking class together and you guys learn to make recipes. You're like, why not do that same thing for your sex life? Then, then you're instantly making it fun and something you're working on and like making it interesting. And then you just, you won't get bored. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be already be able to kind of, I don't know, feel safe and explore these things. And I think every couple has the ability to get, get there, to get to that place. Well, and I think we've talked, want to. yeah, we've talked about that a lot too. And something I've done and I was doing it kind of unconsciously is I, the next day would say, I loved when you did this and this felt really good. And I just tell him all the things that I thought were amazing. And so even if something I didn't love it or it didn't feel that great, I don't even need to worry yeah. about that or focus on it. Cause if you pump up all the good stuff, He's going to know, like, I'm going to go back to that. Exactly. You know, because that makes him feel good. And I think it's a great way for women to communicate without, I think oftentimes we harp on the negative. We do. Don't even worry about that. Like, just focus on the good stuff and allow that to grow. And the other stuff will probably not happen again because you're not talking about how amazing it made you feel. Right, exactly. And you're being very very specific. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all love specific compliments, Mm -hmm. for sure. I think that's such a great thing. Like, to be like, oh my God, that was so hot. Like, even people always say, I always say foreplay starts after the last orgasm. So when couples are like, how do we keep it hot? Text them the next day and say, I can't stop thinking about that thing you did with your tongue. And you don't have to talk about the thing they did with their finger because you didn't like that. But play up the tongue and play up the kissing and all the things. And then we all feel good by like those, you know, affirmative words. I love it. Sometimes I feel like men are like puppies. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm a puppy most yes. of the time. But it's like, you know, you sit, you get a treat. Yeah. You know, if you tear up a shoe, like you don't get a treat. Yeah. So you kind of just train us over the course of a couple of years and we get it figured out. Uh-huh. Okay, like a, like a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be like that for sure. You know, when I was a kid though, like to find porn when I was a kid, we had to like, 
in institute in what 1995. Yeah. We had to like get some magazines, maybe a VHS, maybe I would just linger on Showtime after my parents went to bed right. with a volume down, just trying to see a see a titty or two. Like it was, <laughs> and that was a, if I could see a boob, just one, right? Not even two. It was a fuzzy boob. It was. It would make. It would make my fucking day. Right. But life was so simple I as ten year old Connor. Like it just give me an areola and like it's, right. I'm on top of the world. Right. Like I don't need anything. Else areola. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so now. Porn is so accessible. It's everywhere. And 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 I'm not I don't watch a lot of porn. And Kelly, I've talked about this a little bit, but I think there's some things that maybe we haven't covered. But um let's do it now. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Why not do it now? Well, fuck it, we'll do it live. Um I'm curious what your take is on how porn's impacted modern sexuality. Yeah, I think I, I actually do think that porn is becoming a lot bigger of a problem. Every single year, there's just more and more studies and more and more cases about because now we have kids to actually show that grew up on it. They were, you know, they were born with like the the, the iPad in their hand, and so they are seeing porn at a much younger age, like seven years old. Eight, they're playing a game, like they're playing Candy Crush, and then all of a sudden they get an ad for something, and like they're clicking on, they're looking at areolas, right? And they're and so I and my by the problem with porn is that the proliferation of it and that parents can't really control it, and then kids are having these early images. And so we don't really know, like parents, sometimes they shame their kids for that. And so that's a whole thing like, don't look at boobs, but they don't explain to them why. And so I also think that's problematic that we can't really control it. Even though if you put parental controls on there at the friend's house and the parental controls weren't on there and then they saw boobs there. So that's a problem. But also it's that we are learning, we are learning from sex, from porn, and people are forgetting that it's, 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 it's friggin' entertainment. It's not education. It's not even real. Like, like if you watch porn, she's not really turned on. It's most women aren't orgasming. You're not seeing the warm up of anal. So people are having bad anal because they're just like, well, in porn, he just shoved it in. Like someone called me the other day in the show. They're like, well, in porn, like we got an infection because we went from back to front. Oh God. I'm like, you don't, well, in porn, they go from back from your anus to your vagina. No, you guys, you, you have to wash. You have to change condoms. You have to, there's bacteria like, well, they do that in porn. I'm like, that is just the perfect example. They Porn is not depicting to people how to have sex that's real and that's healthy. And as a result of that, we have a lot of young people, 18, you know, in their teens and 20s now who are like, not even questioning that that's how you have sex. So they're making the noises and they're, they're doing the moves that they've learned in porn. And so that's really a problem. Therefore, and then also it's like when, since we are much more isolated now and people aren't connecting as much because of phones and technology, that there's young people saying, well, I, I'm just happy to sit and watch porn. I don't even have to leave and meet anymore. Wow. And then when they do are with someone, it's harder for them to like get it up, to perform. Women, again, are acting how they like kind of um, memorizing porn. Like, what did this woman do? Because if you've never had sex before and you're like young in your 20, teens, you're like, you'd go to porn. You'd be like, well, what are the moves? What do I do? Maybe they call into my show or email and like, that's great. I could help them with that. But otherwise, where else, where else are you going to go for right. this? Yeah. Porn's everywhere. So that's why I think it's a problem. Well, and weren't, we were watching Euphoria. Have oh, you seen Euphoria? Yes. Oh my God, we're so obsessed. Such a obsessed. fucking incredible show. Oh my God, I'm dead. Yeah. It's the best. But we were watching that and he, I don't remember, he, the the boy was like having sex with a girl and she was like, and he did something that she didn't like and she's like, why would you think I like that? And oh, he's like, well, choking. Girls, yeah, oh yeah, choking, choking her. And he's like, well, they like it in porn or something. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought about like 16 year old boys oh. thinking that this shit is okay. Yeah. Well, the thing was he had seen videos of her that got shared on their little like slut yeah. web or whatever it is. Yeah. So he had like had an idea of what she liked. But no, but in that moment, I don't think she was, I know what you're saying. She, yeah. did, she did have, like a young, like in middle school, she did like mm -hmm. a sex tape or something, but, but he was just like, no, that's what all girls like. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like choking. And then it was funny because my niece was here this summer interning. She's 19. Oh, wow. I know. It was really great. What an internship. <laughs> you are the coolest fucking aunt yeah, ever. Dude, I'm telling you. I know. I am. I mean, she was, she's a junior now going back to school in Wisconsin, but she was like, it's so funny because she's like, yeah, I, like, and then there was something, I think we did a sex in the news story one day about how like all these, it's like, wasn't just euphoria, but guys were like choking right away. They're like, oh, I'm going to make out and then choke and then put my dick in. And you're like, that's not how you have sex. That's an that's a improper so order. Niece, for Jillian, yeah. Exactly. But she was like, oh my God, I've had guys. And then that night she went to a party here with some friends from college. And she was like, said to the guys like, no more choking without consent. It's just like, and I've been with you before and you choked me. Like it was, wow. <laughs> look she at you girl. Blast. She did. Him, it was girl. awesome. But it was like, she didn't, like her brain was like flowing. Like she, because most women be like, oh yeah, I guess I do like it. And it's not that it can't feel good, but just don't do it without consent. And yeah, Euphoria was great for that. There were so many scenes of like just bad sex, like mm -hmm. flipping her over and doing it from behind. You just see her like so bored and not having orgasms and 
Yeah, yeah. There was like all those depictions of just really mediocre sex. God, that scene where Zendaya lost her virginity. Oh like my in that God. laundry room. Oh, he goes, oh Did you come? Oh my <laughs> she was yeah. all standing out anyways, but she Which seemed is, like you came pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> You're just laying there. Just, you fucking kidding. Right. God, yeah, I know. Sex. Teenage sex is even worse now, right? So yeah. is there anywhere that porn is a positive thing yes. or beneficial? And what does that look so like? So let me tell you, yeah, that was the other side of it. Is that I think porn can be great for couples. Like finding something that you're both, like it's hard to sometimes put words around what you're into. So if you're like, well, I, I actually am into choking or I mean, I'm into some bondage play. Let's find some porn we can watch together. And you could show different, like that would be really hot if we did that. Or maybe we could have outdoor sex this way or I think is or just turn you both on Mm -hmm. that just to like maybe even want to have a threesome and you know you're doing all the things and discussing boundaries but you're like let's actually watch a porn and then put ourselves in that position so I think it can be great for all the reasons it was intended and that way it can be healthy and in moderation it can be healthy I like finding porn that is ethically made I love Erica Lust porn she makes porn like by women, for women, mm. um, E-R-I-K-A lust.com. Um, she's been on my podcast a bunch. She's based in Barcelona and her porn is just hot. And it's women. There's like plots. I mean, it's not, I tell some friends that they're like, I don't have that much time for a plot. I'm like, no, it's not like, a, <laughs> you're not like seeing them in third grade plot, but you're, but you're just, I don't know. It just, it's all with different body types and it's just more realistic. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think too, like, the idea of role play in those things, right? You can get that a lot from porn and understanding, like we were talking about this yesterday, this alter ego of like this person that you become and you go by that name. And, and I think that can be so cool. And to be able to let go of all your fears and your anxiety and insecurities and be able to embody that. But I think porn is a great way to sort of see other people do that and see what that can look like. Exactly. And I love role playing for couples. One thing about finding porn as a couple is, is I thought I got so excited when my partner was like trying to find something she thought that I would think was hot. Right. So she's like cruising through and going through and like, like, I think you'd like this one. And she like pulls it. it Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It wasn't Kelly. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if Kelly loves it when you talk about your exes. Mm. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's Good, about, it's, it's, Good, it's, about it's about the audience. <laughs> but we can do that too. Mm. I just feel you her, like you her watch, body language. She doesn't love it. You watch, Sorry. Kelly <laughs> watches porn more, point than, for us. more than me. Uh-huh. I do. You do? What do you watch? I like girl on girl. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. That's common for, yeah. Women. Yeah. I've never been with a woman before. So I, I don't know if that there's something to that or what it is. I also, I really think women are beautiful. Right. And a bunch of penises in my face is just not a thing for no. me. Um, Same. I think that it's more, it's like that sensual connectedness and that's not always what you get in porn, but I think just the the female connection yeah. um, and that energy is so different. It, yeah. Yeah. And I, you're like, I oh, she that. gets me. And mm-hmm. I understand that body part. She's going down on a vulva and I have that too. And yeah, it's hot. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that is the most common porn I think that women watch and of that and like threesomes. What is, okay. And yes, I've heard that before. And I'm so curious as as to your take of why women are so attracted to that. I mean, I am. So I guess I get it. I think it's because it's safe. It's, it's not all the, because honestly, we love penises, you know, we're with a guy. We love your dick. We do. Thanks. Your penis. But also we, (laughs) that's the one we like because we know it. We've seen it. But a random sometimes, like it's the way it is portrayed in porn too, just the slamming in and out. Again, it's because that's not what's so hot for women. I think typically it's more like watching two women together can be very beautiful. It's very relatable and it's sensual and it's slow and it is all about both of their pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it just seems more, it's more, um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's real. It doesn't seem like it's this artificial like thing because I think sex can be really disappointing for a lot of women because we we think we feel like that we're broken that we can't have orgasms in the way that society has showed us through penetration so just to see two women and it doesn't mean you're a lesbian or you actually want to be with one maybe you do maybe you don't a lot of us are on the spectrum of sexuality but because women are like I'm afraid I does it make me gay no it just means that you find this act really beautiful mm-hmm. and hot because of just it's intrinsic it's another woman we understand what she's doing so I think there's a lot of layers to it but it is the most yeah, common. Todd. <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. I can see that. <laughs> I'm pretty uncomfortable over That's here now. <laughs> I've never about, talked about this stuff. You haven't talked about so. any of this stuff. Oh actually. my god. Well, yeah. we haven't really talked about it, but I've never talked about this stuff publicly. Oh, about yeah. about you liking the wow, mm-hmm. this is gonna be great for so you. So talk about that a little bit. Because I think women are much more flexible yes. on the spectrum than 
than men like are. The Kinsey scale we're talking about. Yeah, like let's talk about the One is like scale. super straight to 10 is gay. Mm-hmm. So that's just like what Alfred Kinsey, he created the scale and said most of us are kind of on this spectrum and that women are more easily like a two or three and men are not. They're more like a one or two or women are, could be both a three or four. I believe that it's because women can just... I think our minds are more open though too. I think that men are more heteroflexible and they don't really know it. Um, that they have more societal things around it, that they're just like, it, I, I can never be gay. That's a horrible thing. Or like, I couldn't even go there. Like they have so many blocks around it. <laughs> but I do believe that men could be just as much. But for women, I just think it's more accepted. It's more comfortable. It's more like beautiful. I think a woman's body, we all agree, is a beautiful thing. And we just feel... Maybe there's more permission in society. I always believe it's about that. Like, I just think that society has been set up for more women to, to kind of, it's safer. It's more PC to see women uh, with other women and and men like it and women like it. So we just see more of it. Um, but I think for men though, too, like you have a prostate that like, it's just, it, a sex act does not make you gay, but there are so many men who don't want to explore it for whatever reason. But all I know is that it gives you this killer orgasm that could feel amazing and and kind of, you know, I just think those kind of things that if men were just sort of to open up more in that way too, maybe they, I don't think they're going to be with a man, but they're just, men yeah. are just more shut down and around these things. I mean, I'm on record saying that I'm 17% gay. It's a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's like, I appreciate, I appreciate how attractive men are, but I don't really have, yeah. like, I don't want to put a dick in my mouth. I get like it. it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But my buddy Kyle, who put a butt plug in on uh, Jason Ellis's show. Oh, of course. <laughs> Right? absurd. But uh, yeah, he's like, he's he's in that more in that like 30% range, mm. which I totally get. And you can like tell he's also, he's like former UFC fighter. But we had this conversation. I had, I have the belief that everybody needs to come out about something. Like, yeah. We're all weird in some way or different right. or kind of cultural. So how many just all come out? Like, I think that for people that are, especially if you grew up like gay in the South or Texas, kind of where I'm from. Yes. The act of like, coming out to your family is a huge barrier to overcome. And I think after that, it's so much easier to just be whoever the fuck you are. It's like, I did that hard thing. Right. And I think so exactly. many of us don't have the opportunity to be like, I'm into this thing that everybody thinks is weird. And right. I just want to like come out and say it. And now I'm fucking free. Right. You know, so we yeah, actually, right. we all have those things. You're right. And, and we're, think- we're sitting around a circle and I'm like, everybody needs to come out right now. <laughs> like, How and gay are did? you? The guys, it was like, yeah. so funny. See? So I think that's so great. Fun. That conversation wouldn't have happened probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It, was, it was, I think, who was he talking about? Ryan Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> just oh, kept yeah. talking about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think you all would be gay for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, there's certain Dad, people. I know he's you, not, I guess. I know. You mentioned something earlier and I want to circle back to about sexuality and masturbation specifically being sort of the gateway, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I am. So I had chronic illness for like 13 years and was very sick and I felt very repressed in a lot of ways. I didn't think I was living, I, I know I wasn't living truly as who I am and being honest and coming out about all right. the things, right, that I was hiding. And I think that now in the work that I'm doing, I'm seeing sexuality as the key piece in connection spiritually and yes. in what I want to do and being fully present in my body. And I'm I'm wondering what your perspective is on that and how that sort of manifests and is the gateway into everything in yeah. your life. Yeah. Oh my God. I think it really is. I think that female, for women, I mean, or for men or for everyone. For both, for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like um, that it is like, my friend Lauren, do you know Lauren Roxborough? She wrote this yes. book called The Power Source. She's yes. a dear friend of mine. It's like, I think that it is like our our vagina, our vulva, our pelvic floor for women, like that is our power source. We can, you know, we give birth. We are responsible for life. We can have like so much, so much pleasure and so many orgasms. Like we can have orgasms for days if we learn all this. <laughs> like this is where our sex, that is our source. That's our source of life, our source of energy. And what happens is for so many women is just from society, from upbringing, like it just slowly gets repressed, repressed, repressed. We're told, well, first of all, sex education is abysmal. And and especially in the States, we are not told anything. So maybe, and everyone has these small little infractions that happen that they might not even remember. So as women, you know, maybe we were caught touching ourselves when we were like five, we had our hand pounds. Like, no, that's shameful. That's dirty. So then we're told that this body part we have is like shameful and wrong. And so there's this constantly all these things that repress or that are very confusing about women's sexuality. Or then we find that people are only attracted to us because we're, you know, because they want something from us sexually. We just don't explain power, the power that women have to power because it's been repressed for thousands of tens of thousands of years because it's scary to men. I think that the patriarchy is afraid of what women's goddess sexual energy can, can do. And women are afraid of it too because of that. And so when women can really learn to just kind of truly like 
take the time to like love their body. And you, you're so right when you said she's responsible. Do you say she was responsible for orgasm? I take ownership of her take own ownership. Idea. I always used to think that too. Like he didn't give me an orgasm. He didn't know. It's not his job. It is my job to like fully love myself, to fully know what makes myself feel good, to give myself those orgasms because it is my body that I'm connected to. And once we have these orgasms and start to circulate that energy, we are more powerful. Like there are so much... Like I've even noticed when I'm in that really great, I move my body and I'm healthy and I am masturbating a lot in a purposeful way. Like I can just go out in the world and I'm like, like men are just like, I've changed nothing, but I'm just putting it out there. Like not even consciously, but I'm in my, I'm connected. So, so many women conversely walk around very disconnected. It's almost like, like you said, you chronic pain. I'm sure there was like parts of it that you were like, I'm not touching myself. Yes. So we just are disconnected. We're like, I do not know what's going on below my stomach, like my forward belly button. Like it's a dead, it's a dead zone. And then we wonder why when we go to have sex, we can't have orgasms. We're not turned on because we don't, we've, we've just shut it down because either now because of pain, a porn, we think something's wrong with our labia. We look weird. Or maybe the, we were sexually assaulted or maybe we didn't have orgasms. So we start to hate our body. Like we don't, we, we have a lot of like, and so that I think is why it's such a hard to answer that that is literally why women, I think, um, aren't as empowered. So once they start to masturbate and make that connection and realize that they're responsible and like, like once you start on this, this sexual journey, like I said, I'm never done. I've done Tantra and studied somatic sex and what I do experiences like I'm never done because there are so many layers to it. But the, the key thing is really just is, is, is getting into your orgasms, researching what turns you on and fully becoming embodied sexually mm-hmm. in your body as a woman. Um, I think, well, I don't even know the question was to be more. No, that's so perfect. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's what you got to do. And that is the, that is the path. And then for men, it's the same thing. But I think for men, it's, you got a lot of mental blocks to let go because mm-hmm. you guys are touching yourselves all the time. Pretty Basically much. Basically 30 Like your hands on your pants, that. you're masturbating. Some way, yeah. But that doesn't mean that you're more embodied either. Mm-hmm. For many men, it's just like, they're getting off, they're in their heads, they're disassociated. So I think for men, the practice is learning deep breath work. Same for women. Yes. But breath work is so important for everybody, but that is really can help facilitate orgasms. And for men, like learning like how to breathe into your diaphragm and also mm-hmm. release that energy and connect to your power source and to kind of learn to have maybe kind of hold it on the porn for a bit and try to just have sex even if you're using your good old imagination again, are just connected to yourself. Well, I'll tell you, I, so I, I'd never really, I probably can count on one or two hands that number of times I jerked off to porn. Oh, okay. Amazing. So like I just never, for whatever reason, never got into it. I always say that there's something about a guy with bad tattoos fucking someone with emotional issues that just reminds me too much of my parents. Oh. <laughs> no, you're right. But it's like, it's like there was just something there that like didn't really res- didn't really register with me and it, well, I wasn't visually simulated. So I always used my imagination even when I was in like, I was young and I just kept that going. And I remember having a conversation with a guy when I told him I could jerk off using my imagination. Like I can literally turn myself on with my imagination that he, it looked like he looked at me like I had, I just told him I had a fucking superpower. Right. right. I was like, you well, can't you do that is for many men. Yeah. I was like, you can't do that. Like, is that, I thought, it, I thought that was normal and it was so interesting. I was like, wow, I'm really grateful that I've never got into <laughs> yeah. this. And that's why even like bringing that up about porn earlier, like that was just an no, extremely novel experience for me. Cause that's not even, I won't, I don't even know where to go search for it right. aside from like Pornhub, which right. is a clusterfuck. Yeah, it is. Like a it dumpster is. fire. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so it is a clusterfuck. So yeah, you I think you're, yeah. you're spot on. But I, there was a time in my life where I thought I just don't have strong orgasms. Like I just like, I, I just don't, for some reason, like I just, I don't feel like these are right. And then it took, it was honestly mushrooms, <laughs> meditation, Breath work, yep. just being more mindful in general, and my orgasm started getting way better, which yeah. isn't something I, I would have. You told me ten years ago that that was going to be a, a process that I would yeah. go through over a few years. I wouldn't have believed it. I'd been like, no, this is just the way it is. Like I just, you know, I fuck and I come and we do the thing. Yeah, that's what most men do, and it's so depleting to your energy, to yeah. your chi too, and better just like jacking off, like getting it to learn to organ to to breathe yeah. deep and not drinking off for a month is actually super helpful. Yeah, too. super mm-hmm. helpful. One solid month. I mean, I right. made it twenty eight days. Almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really helpful for you. Not, it's great because that's like the Taoist sex practices mm-hmm. that for men, it's really good to to hold on to it because you you build focus and your chi and your body and mm-hmm. you can kind of learn to ejaculate orgasm without ejaculation. But for women, we're, we can orgasm like, we can have 200 orgasms a day and we're fine. Like it's yeah. good for us. It's good for us to continue to like please ourselves and to have more orgasms. Like it fills us up. Whereas for men, especially you get older, the, 
it can deplete you. But oh, yeah. for women, it energizes us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes orgasms. it's hard. Like if you want to have like morning sex is a hard thing. So it's like, I know like I'm about to go do, I got, I've got to be turned on the next three hours. And if I have sex now, like I'm going to be, it's almost like, like taking a, like a hit, like smoking <laughs> some weed. Yeah. It almost is like, you're just kind of spaced, especially if you have good sex. Yeah. If you have like a quickie, you can kind of go like by. do weed and sex? Back up to that. Oh yeah. yeah. We yeah. do. Yeah. We love it. Edibles, yeah. edible sex. Not too much bit. weed though. Cause then you don't want to have sex. <laughs> right. And then you, you just, just like go to sleep. Yeah. Or eat. Exactly. We do. We, yeah. We'll smoke and, and have sex. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Edibles so and sex good. are the best. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, not, I don't want edibles just because I don't know. I like weed and sex, but yeah. I have done edibles. I've done it all. But yeah. You've done it all. You've done it all. <laughs> I've done it all. <laughs> Emily like it and all. I were rolling joints together. We rolled joints together. Oh, yeah. We oh smoked those God. joints. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Smoked yes. those joints yes. and, and had sex. They were blessed by Emily. It had her energy in them. It is full circle that we met rolling joints at the Toker party. We basically had a threesome with Emily. If we're really going to break this, I was there in the room. I was there with you. We rolled joints. That was some really great sex, too. We made made some (gasps) breakthroughs. That's when you watched yourself. It is. Oh, God, you guys. I love your journey. He was like, he turned me over and put me in front of the mirror and he was behind me and I was touching myself and he was like, I want you to see how sexy you are. And I was like, oh shit, this is hot. Right? (laughs) See? Listen, this is amazing. You guys are doing great. I feel like we are doing a really good job. We got the stamp of approval from Emily today. You do. Like my life is I'm really, no, I'm seriously like, I love you guys. I think you're doing great. Like six months in, a lot of energy, a lot lot of honesty and yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we started, we started strong for sure. It's been really, really fun. Thank you so much. My pleasure. We just adore you. I've been a fan of you for a long time. Really? Yeah. That's so nice, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Mom and thank you for all the work you do. Seriously, it's really important. I love it. Yeah. I love what I do. Awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.